Take charge of your energy with Georgia Power's commercial energy efficiency program by installing energy efficient equipment in your business. Upgrades can do more than just save you energy and money. Electric cooking equipment can help create a cooler working environment. And LED lighting can brighten your store, making it more inviting to customers. Conserving energy while improving your bottom line and creating a more comfortable and safer environment? That's making energy work for you. Learn about programs and rebates today at georgiapower.com slash commercial savings. All right. So this is the excuse me, supernatural. This is the secret training class. Now, I must be honest with you. I've been extremely busy and I have I put together two of the classes, but I didn't put together the one that I was supposed to teach first, which was the book of Daniels. That teaching is so vast. I have to find a way to condense it down where I could get it all in two hours. So by Sunday, you guys will hear that teaching. So uh, today I'm going to be teaching about something that some of y'all may have heard of and some of you may not have heard of. But if you have heard of it, you, you probably thought it was pagan and was never interested in it. But it's something that's extremely important to our well-being. And if we don't finish it while we're on this earth, chances are you'll get sent back again until God changes you know till god closes that door and it's called karma and i also have an extensive teaching on chakras but i don't think i'm going to make that teaching because uh, this karma teaching is going to take me today and tomorrow then the daniel's teaching i got to condense that so when i give a class again in the future i'll teach this in-depth teaching i have i have about um chakras but i felt the lord was leading me more to teach about the karma because once you understand karma and, and you don't take it lightly anymore, and you'll understand, you know, you'll be saying to yourself, okay, that's why, that's why, you know, you'll take karma more seriously. Karma is not a pagan thing, but, you know, Satan, of course, has hijacked it and made it that way. And this is why people keep being reincarnated and being brought back here. Or they suffer in life or get crippled or something happens to them or, or they keep marrying the same kind of man, the same kind of woman or you know, they keep getting engaged and it don't work. It's, 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 it's curses at work there, but it's also the karma that has brought the curses on the person. This is why God put in Deuteronomy 28 that he will, that the generational curses, ancestral curses will go up to the fourth generation. And if it's idolatry, they'll go up to the 11th generation. The reason why is this, because when your ancestor dies, right, and then he, he or she Die, most of the time it's from the man lineage, die, and you, your parents die with all of this, this, these curses and karma debt and all kinds of stuff, then it has to be carried to, through the bloodline until somebody stands up, accepts God, and fulfills the karma debt of the family. So this is why it has to be ancestral curses because the ancestors have left karma debt, big karma debt. So because of the karma debt, a curse comes among the bloodline and it will stay that way. And God will not allow the karma to be cleared into the third or fourth generation. And God will raise somebody up that will accept him and that will repent. Uh, uh, put your phone on mute, Pete, please. Put your phone on mute. And God will raise some, anybody, if you got to talk to your family members or whatever, please put your phone on mute. And um, 
So God would decide to rise someone up in the third or fourth generation. And then that person would do ancestral repentance and stuff like that. And it would clear the way for, for that person. And it wouldn't necessarily clear the way for the family. But what it does is it opens this door for family members to get delivered. Like it opens the door where their eyes can see, their minds can comprehend because of you. So you are the one that started the repayment of the karma debt. And then as other family members, your children, grandchildren, whoever in your family, aunties, uncles, mommy, daddy, whatever, decide to come to God, they start clearing up the family debt, karma debt as well. So if you get the entire family saved, then the family's karma debt is paid. Okay, and so then you can start working on your own individual karma debt, and then once that's paid. And you leave, you know, this earth, that means you've made it to ascension. That means you made it up to 14 levels. So I'm going to be teaching you things about it and how um, karma is your past. Okay. And um, I'm trying to condense this teaching as best as I can to um, teach you how to do these things. Now, <clears throat> So I know many of you, like me, have always said, you know, why are people born handicapped, you know, and why are some people born exceptionally smart and some people are born exceptionally stupid, you know, some people are born blind, uh, some people are born with no legs, no arms, you know, all kinds of stuff. And, and you know, it seems like uncomfortable like you 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 know god is a loving god and you be like well god's a perfect god why would he let you know this person be this way you know and of course it's because of family karma curses and it's also something that person did in their past life especially if they weren't that way and then it's family karma curses as well so now what causes you to find yourself in the same old unpleasant situation over and over again. If y'all hear that noise, that's just my emails. I don't know how to silence this computer thing. <laughs> now, um, did you end up with a family um, because of what you did in your karma? See, some people, even I've said it. Why did I get this kind of mother? <laughs> you know, my dad, he's, he's all right. But I'm like, why did I get this kind of mom? And many of you might have said it, and other people might have said it. And you don't understand why God bless you with, with a mom and a dad that's, you know, terrible, mean. You know, don't don't want to raise you right. All kinds of stuff. It's because of your karma, which you did in your past life. And you're, you're paying for it, right? Because maybe you had good parents in your past life, and you mistreated them. So God gave you parents um, with the personality you had towards your parents in your past life. Now, the word karma has made it into the mainstream. However, not everyone understands what the word karma really means. Many take it for granted. Many take it for a joke. They think it's pagan, and that's what the devil wants. Now, karma simply tells us that what happens to us in our lives in the present is the effect of causes we ourselves have set in motion in our past lives, whether 10 minutes ago or 10 lifetimes ago. You can also pick up karma debt while you're alive on this earth, okay? And I'm going to explain that. Now, we've all grown up learning about karma, many not taking it seriously, many thinking it's pagan, not really paying it any mind. Now, we just didn't call it that. Instead, we called it a cause and effect or, you know, you know, um, whatever. And man, so if that's so shall, that is what he reads. Now, we know that's in the Bible. So God is telling us. 
Whatsoever a man soweth, that's what he shall reap. But see, they teach us in the church that it's talking about the here and now. It's also talking about your past life. Now, from the Bible or from every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction from, from you know, from teachers, science teachers, all kinds of stuff. Now, in essence, karma tells us that whatever we do will come full circle to our doorstep. Now, transcend your past and transform your future. Overcome the challenges of your past karma actions. Now, and learn the. Can you put your phone on mute? How many times am I going to say that? Just put your. Everybody just put your phone on mute. So if you got a cough or talk, phone ring, whatever, you know, your phone is on mute. Please. Karma Lessons is the legend of the Phoenix Rising. Many of you heard of the Phoenix Rising. Again, from the fire, but the story of your soul. From God Yahweh, we came, and to God Yahweh, we return. But day to day, we catch glimpses that the movie, like the Groundhog Day movie, may be onto something, although we know Groundhog is a pagan dang, you know. But um, did you ever wonder if we all just started at the beginning of this lifetime, why we were born with different aptitudes and talents, faces, different crises and challenges, and different emotions and different hearts and different aspirations and different destinies? Karma is man's X factor in life and in relationships and in health. It breaks out the karmic traps and mistakes you've made again and again in this life and your past life. Now, karma has a golden rule. Karma continues where the golden rule ends. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you because someday it will be done unto you. So, like, I gave you that scenario about a, a child that had good parents but mistreated them the whole time they were on the earth. So when they came back, the Lord gave them parents based on the same personality and treatment that they had in the past life. That's paying back karma. You're being paid back for what you did in your past life. This is why a lot of people can't make it up to God because they need so much bad karma. Now, the law of karma simply says that our thoughts, words, and deeds and positive and negative creates a chain of cause of effects. We will get to experience the effects of every cause we have set in motion. Now, karma, therefore, is our greatest benefactor, returning us to the good we have sent to others. Now, karma is also our greatest teacher, allowing us to learn from our mistakes because the law of karma gives back to us whatever we have sent out as though word or deed when negative karma returns. We tend to assign blame to some outer, other outer reason and take it as a punishment. So when bad things happen in your life, like you, you say you've been with God for five years now. You've been good with God for five years, right? You repented for everything, right? But you being paid back for all the mess you did before you came to God. And then, because it's happened to me. <laughs> and you cry to God, you like, God, why am I going through this? When are you going to do this? When are you going to deliver me? And he's looking at you like when your debt is paid. And then you're like, but daddy, your blood says that it covers me and it puts on my sin. But the Bible also says there is still chastisement. Even when you repent and your sins are under the blood and forgotten, you still get chastisement. And if you read all through the Bible, you will see how all of our ancestors, God forgave, but he gave chastisement. And he will use Satan and Lucifer and all of them 
to give us that chastisement. And the reason why is because of the karma you left behind. You must be repaid it. And you must suffer at some point so that you know not to do it again. And you are aware of what you did so that you won't make the mistake and do it again while you're alive. And so you can make it to the ascension level. Now, karma also teaches us to love one another and to love and to love at the same time as it allows us to redeem all our unloving thoughts. Whereas indeed, it gives us the opportunity to change our future, which creates abundance, hope for all, all our tomorrows. This is why Yeshua said that the number one commandment was love. And this is why God said love is universal, because only love can uh, really pay off your karma. Only love can really pay off your debt. But see, this is why Satan and, and, and Lucifer and all of them have so much hate, maliciousness, maliceness, jealousy, envy, bitterness, all kinds of stuff in this earth this day. Because he knows if he keep those type of spirits here, you will never have any type of universal love. And many people will leave a lot of bad karma and bad curses on their family lineage, which is the children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And they will nine times after ten, after they go through their punishment, whatever they land in the afterlife they have to come back again and fulfill karma debt so it's like a ever an everlasting vicious cycle and as long as people keep coming back to this earth he extends himself you know this is why when you see people on youtube and other places talking about well god said he coming in january god said he on the way oh this is it we about to go no we ain't about to go nowhere we going to go somewhere we are right in the wilderness. Whoever's still here, you're going to be going in the wilderness. There ain't going to be no rapture. You are going to be going in the wilderness. And the Carly Minded Church, which is the church of uh, Philadelphia, is going to be left right here to be dealt with the Antichrist. But the church of Lacedonia is going to be hidden in the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And then when Amagotten comes and all this stuff is over, Yah's going to come in the wilderness to the vineyard and find his small remnant. And we're going to be caught up with him and changed in a twinkle of an eye and brought right back down here with the new Jerusalem, where, oh, the, the real Jerusalem, wherever that's going to be. Yeah, I mean, it ain't going to be in Israel. We know that. It's going to be somewhere in Africa. And, and that's just how it is. Nowhere in the Bible does it say we're going to be raptured. Only in Ezekiel, I think it's Ezekiel 13. Don't quote me on that, but it's, I think it is. Where God says the gathering. That's, that's all you see. There's no such thing as a rapture. So when you start hearing these prophets talk about, oh, God said we're going to be raptured, that was lying. The word rapture don't even exist. It existed. It started existing in 1860. 1860. 1860. The word rapture existed. Okay. So, I mean, when you start hearing prophets say, oh, we're about to be raptured, God said, you better wonder about them. You better wonder about them. Now, the opportunity of reincarnation. Karma and reincarnation go hand in hand. While karma means accountability and payback, reincarnation is simply another word for opportunity. Reincarnation gives us another chance to make good on karmatic debts. We owe others and to reap the blessings we have sent forth. Even in the book, The Secret Life, many of you may have it. In the book, in the, I think it's in, one, in the last two chapters, it talks about karma. It actually has the word karma. And it actually tells you, you have karma debt that you have to pay before you can completely ascend. It's in that book. And those of you who have read the full book like me should know it's there. Now, reincarnation gives you another chance to make good on the karma and the debts you owe others and to reap the blessings um, we have sent forth. Now, some people died before their time, um, before they were rewarded for the blessings on the earth. 
And so you say, well, Apostle, if, that's, if that happened, then when they make it to, if they make it to heaven, can't God give it to them then? No, because the blessings in heavens are the blessings in heavens. The blessings on the earth are the blessings on earth. So people die, you know, for whatever reason, God allowed them to die. And they never was rewarded or repaid the karma because you got good karma, you got bad karma. And they were never rewarded for what they did. Or they didn't finish their assignment. They'll go wherever they go. And then God will send them back to reap those rewards and those blessings and finish their assignment. This is why some children are born to rich people. This is why some children are born with silver spoons in their mouth. And then some are born to be poor. These ones that are born with silver spoons in their mouths, chances are they have blessings and rewards here that they weren't able to collect. So God sent them back. And put them in these kind of families so they could collect it. And those who was rich before, but they left a lot of bad debt and curses, God will put them in an impoverished family. And it ain't God that's doing it. It's us. It's how we leaving. You know, you leave, you leaving how you leave it. So he going to give you how you left. Now, Christianity and karma. Yeshua, Jesus says, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one job or one Tittle shall not wise pass from the Lord till all be fulfilled. And this jot and tittle that we all must pay, that will not pass from any of our accounts or our accountability till all of our debts is paid, is the jot and the title of our karma. It says in the book of Revelation and in the book of Matthews that we will all be weighed on a scale. Have you ever under, under, understood why or questioned our God? Why we are going to have to be weighed on a scale? Why are our works and all that we do have to be weighed on a scale? Because your karma has to be balanced. So when you got put your stuff on a scale and your karma, you have way more negative bad karma than you, than you do good karma. You can't ascend. You can't ascend. So there's no more time for you to be reincarnated. You're going to get what you get, whatever that's going to be in days. If it's fire, then it's fire, whatever it is. Okay, now if you got more good karma than you do bad, your chances is you'll get into heaven because there's no more being ascended back. There's no more reincarnation by the time we go through the great, great throne judgment. So then God may can have mercy on you and let you in based on the karma that you have on the scale in your works because they outweigh your bad. That's what God is telling us. This is why we have to be weighed on the scale. Because everybody has to be weighed on the scale. Everybody, even everybody who dies and, and, and lives great on this earth and lived right for God and has no bad karma, no bad debt, no bad works, even they have to be weighed. And so you, you got to think to yourself, why do they have to be weighed? Because God, even in judgment, is going to give people a chance. People we think that's going to go to hell, that die in the last day, and we think they're going to go to hell, might slide their butt right in heaven because they just might have more good karma, more good debt, and more good balance, and more good works than, than bad. They might have 70% good and might have 50% bad. And because they got that 20% extra, they might could get in heaven. This is why God said, I reserve mercy for who I want to. So the devil can't argue with God, even to this day. God weighs somebody's scale and the devil feel they should go to hell. But if they got 10 or 20% more good than bad in them, God can extend his mercy and let them right on into heaven and send them back. 
so they could come back and 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 make up for for the other what thirty percent that they need, which is a hundred percent to fully ascend. Cause God is God, and He can bear His mercy who He wants. The Lord taught me that He will take people early in life that are slated for hell. He will take them early and bring them back to certain rims in the spirit, and put them back in school, and and wait a time and send them back so they can have a better chance of making it, instead of letting them live 80, 90 years and wind up in hell for for those eighty and ninety years on the earth, and then they, it may not be no time for them to come back. So sometimes when you see people die early, it's sometimes it's God Himself. It really is. It's God Himself. You think it's always Satan kicking lives off this earth early? No. Satan can't do nothing that God has not already done. So if Satan is going to God, Lucifer, Gadrell is going to God, and one of those 72 devils, because Lucifer and Satan aren't the only one that accuse us. You got 72 devils with your principalities. They accuse us too. It says it in the Bible. They go to God. They feel this person should go go to hell. You know what I'm saying? But God, like, no, I'm not going to let them go to hell. I'm, I'm going to take them off this earth. I'm going to take them. I'm going to let them get so sick they're going to be in a deathbed. And I'm going to send my servant to bring them to Yeshua. And I'm going to take them. And keep them for a certain time and bring them back to assure that they will send to me. So you think Satan's the only one who could go to God and take a life early? Who do you think he get it from? He can't do nothing unless our God has already done it. Now, we must remember that the law of karma is the law of the casual relationship between a man's act and a woman's act and the universe reaction to his act that return to his doorstep. This return of positive and negative karma continues daily, hourly, and forever until our souls is perfected in Yeshua Jesus. And he, and, and when we escape the realms of reincarnation, which have their root in the karma of desire. Even children, um, um, you, you have children that died 12 years old, 10 years old, and you're like, why? They could have been some of the most baddest kids you ever know. They could have been so disrespectful to your parents. You got kids in gangs. You got kids murdering now. You got kids raping. You got kids blowing up school, shooting up school. God is going to let them go early. And they may have to spend a little time in fire. But not that much because it goes by the time you was on the earth. And then they'll go back to God because it says all spirits go back to God. And he decides what rooms to put them in and what schools to put them in and reteach them, restructure them. And when he feels it's time to send them back, they'll come back. Now, if you was a white racist little child or a white, white racist person, God may send you back as a black person. God may send you back as a Spanish person. I told y'all this. If you was a black person and you was racist, God may send you back in that color so you will know how I feel. So you will know how I feel. If you was a rapist and a murderer, God will send you back and it might happen to your children. This is why ch children get raped for no reason. Family members molesting them. You don't understand why. Because one of their parents in their past life or in the life they live now could have did the same thing to somebody else. Now, um, if you want to be around for another million years, just ignore Yeshua. Statements about one jot or tittle passing from the Lord. Just ignore 
what is written in the Bible and let the clergy tell you what you want to hear. If it's the sop you want to hear, then it's the sop you're going to get. But if it's the strong meat of the word, like it says in the word in Ephesians, then take the meat of the word from Yeshua Jesus' own mouth and chew it. Now, because if you want to move on with God and the universe, if you want to fulfill your reasons for being on the earth and graduate from the schoolroom of life of God and transcend the cycle of the stars and arrive at the next station of your evelation and ascension in the realms of glory of God, Yahweh and I, you are going to have to shoulder your karmic responsibilities and pay your debts to life. Now, that's not what I wanted to. See. I'm not supposed to teach that one. Where's that other file? Hold on, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> See, that was a lie. I had the other file out here that I was about to skip right to. Hold on. And now them disappeared. I think it's mixed in this other teaching. I got so much stuff I could teach you. It ain't funny. <laughs> okay, so here. Clearing of the karmetic debt. I'm going to teach you how to clear your uh, karmetic debt. Now, is the freeing of the soul from all its earthy bondage so that it may soar and merge with the infinite divine God. So long as there is a, a karmetic debt owed by you or owed to you, you are subject to the law of karma, the law of action and consequences. Every action carries within it the seed of consequences. Where you are in life now is the uh, cumulative effect of all your karma. Now, while it may appear that one cannot escape the laws of karma, it is still possible to transcend, transcend to seemingly never-ending cycle. Now, what is karmatic debt? Karmatic debt is the unrealized karma, both good and bad, that you owe to others or that others owe to you. Um. Is it, its meaning is related based on karma debt. You have something called runa, which means karmatic debt. Then you have something called um, anabana, means relation. Sometimes life presents you with situation and relationship with others, which can only be explained as a quirk of faith or the unfolding of karma. Now, present relationships in your life may be a continuation of relationships between souls and other lifetimes. If you owe someone something, the law of karma ensures that the debt is paid off. It is also ensured that others pay what they owe to you. This deflect is called karmatic debt. It's repayment made happen. It happens in this lifetime <clears throat> or other lifetimes. So let's say a person was a murderer when they lived and they murdered people, right? They're going to go to, you know, of course, fire forever. Can you put your phone on mute? How many times do I have to ask you? Have some respect. Whoever that is, because I heard your voice earlier. Whoever you are, 
Put your phone on mute. I should not have to ask you this because we are all adults here. Put your phone on mute. Don't nobody want to hear you. Do y'all hear this person? Hello? Good. I'm glad they hung up. And they better not call me and email me for a tape neither. <laughs> now, just like if a person was on this earth and they murdered multitude of people, of course they're going to go and and go to you know hellfire for the time they're supposed to go. Then they're going to go back into another room and to school, be retort, restructured, whatever, whatever. Now, when they come back, their family members, their children, their wives, what they did in their past life may happen to their family members. And their family members may not necessarily be murdered, but they may be born with discrepancies or they might be born okay, but then get into car accidents or get raped or almost killed and lose this and lose that. This is some serious stuff. You should not take karma lightly. Now, um, karmatic debt occurs in various forms. Sometimes it is financial. Sometimes it is based on love. Other times on anger or revenge, on helping someone or deceiving someone. In other words, karmatic debt encompasses the whole spectrum of human interaction. You could have been a woman in your life before, and you could have been a mad cheater, never faithful to a man. And you come back, you can never find a man to be faithful to you. You can never find a man to be faithful to you. You would see on earth, you were rich. You didn't give a darn about the poor. You didn't care about your own family. You come back and you could be born to the most impoverished family. In your whole life, you would struggle in poverty because people are born in poverty and people die in poverty. Some people never know what life is like without being in poverty. Children are born in poverty and die in poverty. People are born in alcoholic families, and that's all they know, and they die that way. It's karma. Now, in other words, karmatic debt encompasses the whole spectrum of human interaction. Karmatic debt and reincarnation. Now, just as an account on, like... Like God says, we have accounts. We know that. That's in the Bible, right? So every year, although God doesn't have years in his day, in his time, but we do on this earth. So having a 12-month calendar year, which should be, um, you know, uh, based on God's calendar year, which is the ivory calendar. I'm not even going to call it Hebrew calendar, calendar because the word Hebrew did not even exist this back then the jewish people in israel uh, thought of that word okay so i'm going to call it the ivory ca calendar which is what god called our ancestors and what god calls us today i you know the black tribes and so forth he calls them ibrams right so i'm going to say the ivory calendar is what we should be going by but we don't so we go by the lunar calendar which julius and augustus caesar created so therefore that is the law of man that is the law of this earth so that's what god honors so when every year goes by you take with you liabilities you take soul debt you take spirit debt you take emotional debt 
You take heart debt. You take mind debt with you into these new years. And if you're one of those kind of people who make New Year's resolutions, that's a bad thing to do. Because every time you make them and you go into the new year and you don't do them, that's bad karma added to your account. And it says in the Bible, we all have accounts in heaven. You never thought about why God says we have accounts? He's talking about our karma. Good and bad. Now, similarly, a soul upon taking birth in this earth plane carries with them the karma of the past. Karma is recorded as impressions. On the soul. Like if you want with a birthmark, you definitely know you was here before. Because that birthmark symbolizes what killed you in your last life. Every time you're reborn, you get a birthmark. Wherever you were, where, however you died. If you died of a sickness, you died of a heart attack, you was murdered. However you was murdered, you will have a birthmark to symbolize. Somewhere, you, it could be a little cherry, it could be a little dark spot. Wherever that... Uh, Birthmark is is where you were where you were killed or you died of some disease or bitten by something or stabbed by something or shot. You can guarantee that's where the entrance that entered into your body that killed you. Okay, some people have like little dot birthmarks. It could have been a syringe needle, could have been a, a knife, could have been a bullet. Because sometimes a bullet doesn't always make book holes. But you can guarantee wherever your birthmark is on is on your body, that's where the entrance of your death came from. Because the father told me that. Okay? And everybody have birthmarks. Some people just don't realize it. They just some people birthmarks aren't big, some are small, you know, and they just think it's just a spot. But everybody has a birthmark. You know, um, everybody. Okay, so now, um, so your soul has a lot of karma memory in it your soul this is why they say people have old souls because your soul has a lot of karma memory in it you don't remember it but your soul do and your spirit so now so so long as there is outstanding karma a soul continues to return to the earth plane to reincarnate in a suitable body this is why you should never ever cremate someone's body because do you know we are using the same body every time we come back? It's just different skins. Don't ask me how God does it, but he does it. He changes. Some people keep coming back as what they were black. Some people keep coming back as what they were white. Some people keep coming back as what they were Spanish. But then there are times God will put you in another color you've never been before because you might have mistreated that color. But you in the same body, that same body that you and I have right now is the same body we use over and over and over again. God just restructures it. He told me this. He told me this. So this is why you should never cremate your body. And that cremation comes from Satan. Because if you cremate your body, you don't got nothing to come back to. So if you wind up in hellfire and you come out when it's your time and God puts you in another room and restructures you, that's where you're going to stay until judgment day. And then he's going to decide what to do with you because you have nobody to come back to because you cremated it. Cremation is not a God. That's not in the Bible. And people do it every day because it's the cheapest way to bury somebody. Especially if you poor and got no money. Who do you think thought of that? The devil? Of course. Why would God create a body only to cremate it in the end? He don't want to create cremate anybody. He don't want anybody to go to hell. Even the hell when even when you go to hellfire and your body burns, it grows right back. We know this. It grows right back. The Bible says the cake worms eat it up and it comes right back. 
So why would he want you to? So he doesn't even let his own fire in hell destroy your body permanently. So why would he create something for to, to cremate your body? Now, one soul is not merely subject to the external forces or laws of karma. It is an active participant often choosing their life, family, and circumstances with the intention of resolving their karma. Now, some people, I think I might have been one of them. <laughs> some people will choose the most horrendous parents. Some people will choose a life that they know they're going to be abused. They're going to be hurt. Um, they could be crippled. They could be blind. They will choose this life because those type of lives is what's going to pay their karma off and make it where they can make it back. This is why some people you see, they're born crippled and they're crippled all their life. They born retarded and they retarded all their life. They born with down, uh, what's it, down syndrome and they have it all their life. There's no cure for it. None at all. And they like the other life. Some people are blind and they like the other life. Death. All their life. Muted. All their life. They have no arms and no legs. All their life. They're born like that. Born with deformities. And they have no life. Born with leprosy, especially over in India. And, and they like that all their life. They chose that because they had to fulfill their karma debt. And sometimes people have to choose lives that are so hard and so difficult because of all the karma debt they got. And they choose that life and they live through that life. Because I used to say, Daddy, how can people that's, you know, retarded and have severe ment mental illness and, um, you know, down syndrome, how, how can they make it to heaven when they can't even comprehend the Bible? And, and he never would ask me until he started teaching me this. So those people that we see that have kind of diseases, they make it back to heaven because they chose those lives to pay off their karma, pay off their debts. They chose a life of suffering to pay off their debts. Y'all had a debt. When Yah uh, rose up and said, I'll do it, like he said in Isaiah 6, out of all the other king brothers, Yah took the debt of man. This is why he carried man's sins on his shoulder, because he took the debt of man. He took the karma debt of mankind, which was a heavy weight. This is why he had to suffer on the earth, especially the last three and a half years, because he was carrying mankind's karma debt, which was heavy and bad. This is why he had to get 39 lashes for every sin. This is why he had to carry the heavy cross for every bad karma. A curse. And then he gets up on the Calvary, up on the tree, and he dies. And once he dies and gives up the Ruah, the debt has been sealed and the debt has been repaid. Now, any debt that comes from man is on man's own recordness, which is happening today. See, he took our debt. He took our karma. We the one went back out there and got debt and karma. And put ourselves in position, messing with the devil and Lucifer in them. Now, forces and laws of karma, it is an active participant often choosing their life, family, and circumstances with the intention of resolving their karma and learning profound lessons on a soul level. It is the intent of the universe and God in the soul, and tantrum to experience and exhaust its karma during its lifetime in the body. But most often, once in the material and physical world, our earth plane consciousness forgets our soul's intent. And I've taught you many times. This is some of my books. We remember everything we did. 
everything, the bad and the good. But when we get into the body, when the soul gets in the body, it forgets everything. Why? Because like I told you before, the skin is made of sin. So when you get in this body again, the sin is going to make you not remember. It's going to wipe out your memory. That's how powerful sin is. And you forget why you're here. The soul don't forget, but your mind forgets. Your spirit don't forget, but your mind forgets. Your mind forgets. And consequently, the choices made in our physical bodies create more karma, persisting the never-ending cycle, birth, death, and rebirth. Like when people leave in their, their will to cremate them. They some sorry folks, because after they get created and they realize what they did and they ain't got nobody to come back to, oh, they are hurting something. And wherever they land, if it's hell and they, and they get out of there and they go to wherever daddy puts them, they're going to stay right there until judgment day. And they get what they get. Who told you to cremate your body? Nobody about because you say we're supposed to do that. Now, in any ancient Texas, why would you do that? Common sense will tell you, if you go to hell, your skin burn off, you come right back. So why would God put fire in hell so your skin can come right back? So why would he have you do cremation? I hope none of you have ever participated in any family member being cremated. Because you better repent, because if you don't, you're going to be judged. Now, why should one clear their karmatic debt? An essential conditioning for attending... And it's for um, liberation. Is that the karma debt be neutralized? There should not be any karma debt that you owe to others or that others owe to you. We may think that good karma helps us get closer our ultimate purpose in life. However, from the perspective of obtaining it, both good karma and bad karma continues the cycle of life, death, and rebirth. This concept may sound counterintuitive, but to understand it, we need to appreciate this concept. Now, among other things, liberation of the soul is a state where one's karma is zero. When the karma comes to an entirely neutral state with neither good karma nor bad karma outstanding, then the person is said to have obtained um, their their ascension. Now, think of karma as chaining a soul to an earthly body and preventing it from merging with the supreme consciousness to the fullest possible extent. Where bad karma is an akin to an iron chain, good karma is like a golden chain. Regardless of the nature of the binding, your soul is still bound. Good karma may bring happiness and comfort, and bad karma may bring about suffering, but you are in chains either way. You're either in the golden chain or you're either in the iron chain. The golden is the good karma and the iron is the bad bad, uh, bad, uh, karma. Now, how to clear karmic debt? There are three types of karma. You got the the secha, secha, karma, then you got the, I've been trying to practice this one. I just can't do it. I'm going to spell it. P-R-A-R-A-P-D-H-A. Karms, K-R-M-S. And then you got the Agami Karma. Now, the, um, I'm trying to say it. <laughs> the Parak, I'm jacking it up. The Parak Karma is that karma that has already been set in motion. Um, P-R-A-R-A-P-D-H-E. Karma is... That karma that has already been set in motion, it is ripe and ready to be experienced. Experience this karma is inevitable. Whether it's good or bad, one cannot choose whether to experience it or not. 
and one does not have the power to deter experiencing. There's no way around this type of karma. It is the subset of the sanction karma. Now, if we do have any control over this uh, pararadda para karma, does that mean that we should re re um, resign to it and are and be powerless and that we have no control over it. Now, while it is true that we have no control over whether we experience that type of karma or not, what we do have control over is how we handle it and respond to it. It is possible to stand apart from the karma while still experiencing it. And creating this distance between the experience and identification with the experience, you reach a state of equanimity. In such a state, you can handle both success and failure with the same steady state of mind and not be affected by the outcome accepting both positive and negative karma with the same attitude leads to closure of the particular debt. Deal with both equality and take full responsibility for what is happening in your life. So in other words, this first type of karma, which is spelled P-R-A-B-D-H-A, is the karma where you have to take responsibility for all your good as well as your bad. Most humans only like to take responsibility for the good. One second, so I'm drink some water. So now, most human beings only want to take good karma. They only want to take responsibility for the positive and good. Anything bad or negative, they don't want to take responsibility for it. They don't, just don't. Right, but with this type of karma, you have to learn how to take responsibility not just for your good in, in life, but for your bad in life. All the bad things you've done in your life, you, you know, you you got to repent for them and be wholehearted. You can't go back to them. You know, you have to learn how to treat people the way that you want to be treated. And you have to learn how to see people how God see people. And it doesn't mean that we let people walk all over us, take advantage of us. No. But we have to still walk in love, like the universal love that God has. And if we keep these type of ethnics and universal laws of God, and, and, and it'll keep us from getting angry at people. It'll keep us from fighting. It'll keep us from getting in arguments. We'll learn how to just love and turn around and take it to the Lord. It's not to say you won't be steaming, piping mad, and you might you want to wring that person's neck. It's not saying that at all. But what it's saying is you we as human beings need to learn how to take things to God. Like he says in his word, take things to the Lord. Don't waste your time arguing, getting mad. You know, because all it's going to do is open up doors to the enemy and put more angry karma in your account. You don't want angry karma in your account. You want good, loving, forgiving karma. So we have to learn how to be responsible for the good as well as the bad. Okay? We have to learn how to handle both success and failures. People can handle success greatly, but when it comes to failures, we're, we're bad at it. We're like crying, upset, and God's like, what about all the other successful things you just did? What about what you just did 15 minutes ago? What is that? That goes down the tube now because you made one failure? We, we are good for that. We will, we will totally forget the success we just had. We will do something so great. And because it doesn't go the way we expect, we call ourselves failures. And we're crying to God. He's looking at you like, what's wrong with you? And then you're opening up the debt of karma to yourself. Then you open up a curse on yourself. And then you sin it. And then you're opening up to the enemy to come right on in. 
So just like we handle things good when we're successful, we have to handle things good when we're a failure. Because a failure is not a failure. Because if you are a failure and you fall down and you don't get back up, that makes you a failure. But if you fall down and you get back up, that makes you a successor. I'm going to say it again. If you fall down and you don't get back up, because you don't want to, that makes you a failure. But if you fall down and you get back up, that makes you a successor. And that's how we have to look at things in life. Everything, and I'm learning this myself. I'm taking my own advice. Trust me. I've learned in life that everything is not going to be successful. Everything's not. Because everything that you do is not what God wants you to do. You may think it is. You may feel it is. You may even think he told you to do it. But he didn't. It was your heart that told you to do it, right? And then when it fell, you blame God. You were like, well, God, you told me to do it. And he's like, I didn't tell you you did nothing. That was your heart. Because anything that I, God, he's going to say this to you. Anything that I, your God, tell you to do will not fail. It will be successful. And then sometimes God will test you. He will allow some things to fail you. To see your ability to handle it. To see how mature you really are. He already knows it, but he wants you to see it. That way you can look at yourself and say, wow, I thought I was really strong. But I see I still got little issues I got to work with. So we have to learn how to handle success and failure. You have, to ha- you have to handle failure the same way you would handle success. Because when you fail, dust yourself up, get back up and try again, you are a success. So this is why when you're successful, you need to handle your failures as success. Because failures turn into success. And success can turn into failures and turn back to success. Because you keep pushing. You keep getting up. You're not stopping. The moment you stop, you fail. The moment you let the enemy take over, you fail. The moment you give in and wave the white flags, you fail. So this is the kind of karma we have to carry. We have to learn how to, to, to accept the failures like we accept the success. And what happens is the failures or sometimes learning curves, learning lessons that will take you to a greater success. And sometimes some failures that would have been successful might not have catapulted you to the next level. Because it was not successful, it made you more mature and look into things and look into yourself and find a better way. You come out even more successful. So don't look at your failures as failures. Look at that. Look at them as being successful, because you will eventually be successful because you're not giving up. Now handle both success and failure with the same steady state of mind, and not be affected by the outcome. Accepting both positive and negative karma with the same attitudes leads to closure of that particular debt. So see, if you accept your failures, but you look at it as a success, you look at it as a stepping stone to success. You have just put closure to a karma debt. But if you look at your failure as a failure and not as a success or a stepping stone, you have just created the debt of failure. So you create your own debt. Now deal with both equality and take full responsibility for what is happening in your life. So remember, from this point on, you got to take responsibility. I'm talking to my own self. You got to take responsibility. We got to take responsibility for every single Terry thing we do in life that we cause. Now, something someone else caused to us, we don't take responsibility for that. We, we get that to God. 
But anything that we do, anything that we say, anything that we put out, any actions that we do, we have to take responsibility for it, no matter how bad it is. Because if you take responsibility for it, you will clear up and close up your debt of failure. See, God don't want no failures. God don't even want us to consider ourselves a failure. This is why so many people can't get out of debt, can't get a job, can't finish school, can't get married, don't have nothing, still sick 10 years later because it's self-pity. I've gone through it. We all gone through self-pity. We cry because we thought something's gonna go our way, or we thought God was gonna deliver us or something, or we thought those, or we thought that, and because it didn't happen our way, it's a failure. So you know, God said, "As a man thinks, so shall a man receive. As a man a man thinks, so shall a man be." So if you're sitting there and, and you're looking at yourself as a failure, then God's going to let you be a failure, and you're gonna have failure debt. But if you're looking at yourself and you say, "It is well with my soul, God. Although this didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out, although you." Didn't deliver me or do what I wanted you to do. It is well with my soul, and I'm still a success because I'm standing, I'm alive, and I'm breathing. And I can say it's well with my soul. You've just closed the debt, the debt of failure, and the enemy has no way to come in. Now, the second one is the the set the, the sancha karma, which is S-A-N-C-H-I-T-A, is the sum of total of all the past karmas. You pass karma in this life, past life. Most likely it will not be fully experienced in this lifetime of the soul because of the time, space, and physical constraints of human birth. Some people have so much bad karma. They can live 120 years like God says, some even 125, and still not feel their debt. And they have to turn around and come right back. Even if they reach the ascension levels in this life, they may not have reached enough in the past life. And they might have to come back one more time. One more time. I'll tell you, man, that's a hurt thing. You make it up all 14 levels and you find out from your past life you had all this debt and you still got 20% more to pay back and you got to be sent back. That's a hurting thing. Hurt thing. Can you imagine making up 14 levels of the ascension of God and come find out you still got 20% of debt left and you got to come back? And, and, and your life will be short. The Lord said that to me. Your life will be short. If you only got like 20%, 15%, 10% the karma to come back, he'll let you come back, but you won't live long. You'll live long enough to pay the karma, and then he'll take you back. Because if he doesn't, he risks losing you. The longer you stay, the more you can go back to your old way. So he'll take you. This is why some people die early. It ain't always the devil. This karma is to be experienced in another incarnation, incarnation of your soul. However, it is possible for you to gain complete control over this type of karma and to exhaust it fully right here in this lifetime. One can achieve this by doing um, deep understanding of themselves and doing deep practices of the word of God. Because the word says deep call up the deep. And doing good deeds on the earth and doing good karma on the earth. And when we win souls for God, we, that's going in our karma bank, y'all. The, the accountability karma, the accountability account we have with God, he speaks in the Bible. Every soul you save goes into your karma bank. And it can help you in your in life. It can help you in your judgment day. Where are you lacking in good deeds? Or you lacking, or you have more karma debt than, than, than you should have. 
then God will consider all the souls you put in his in the karma bank. And those souls can help you get out of the karma debt that you left behind. And you might not have to come back. And you may make it because of the amount of souls. Even people who go to hell. And they say they brought a million, somebody brought a million souls to God. But they themselves messed up in the end and went to hell. They're going to do their time in hell. But when they come out, God going to send them to another rim of the spirit and restructure them and, 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 you know, reteach them. And when it's time for them to come back, they may have a short life because of all the souls they have that they got in their karma bank. God will let them live long enough to fulfill whatever they need to fulfill and snatch them so the devil can't get them. This is deep stuff, y'all. And this stuff the devil don't want us to know. Satan, Lucifer, and them. Don't want us to know this. They want us to keep jacking up. Because as long as we keep coming back, they're going to live. That's what I'm telling you. When you hear people say, God said he on his way next week. Get out of here. <laughs> when they say, God said it's a go. Let's go. Uh-uh. Y'all not coming back until everything's fulfilled in this Bible. <laughs> you know, the seeker, the, the ancient Texas. And we are halfway there. Although a lot of stuff has happened, we are only halfway there. There's more than six seals. I taught y'all that in the book of Barak 1 and 2. There's like, what, 14 to 16 seals. And we're probably number six or between number six and number seven or number eight. It got to be between six and eight. And then there's one seal that is a mystery seal that nobody doesn't even know about. So we're between seals six and eight. We got, what, another six to ten? Because I think it's 14 to 16. I got to look back at the Book of Rock. I forgot and seek the book. But I think it's like six or eight left. So we like midway. Midway. And God is going to let this life extend as long as he can. Because he wants us to fulfill our accounts. He wants us to pay our debts. He wants us to pay our karma. He don't want us coming back with all of this stuff. Because we won't be able to ascend. Now, um, most likely it will not be fully experienced the saint of karma in this lifetime, like I said, of the soul because of the time, space, physical constraints of human birth. This karma is to be experienced in another incarnation of the soul. However, it's possible for you to gain complete control over the saint of karma and to exhaust it fully right here in this lifetime. One can achieve this by doing, like I said, deep concentration in the Lord. The word of the Lord, living righteously for the Lord to the best of your ability, bringing as many souls to God as you can, preaching as much as you can, keep universal love in all things you do, do everything you could possibly do for God, you know, sleep, eat, and drink God, period, you just live for God. And it's not hard to live for God because I live for God every day. I enjoy spending time with God. I enjoy spending hours with him in the morning and hour or two at night. And all through the day, I'm talking to him. I'm in the grocery store, standing in line, talking to him. I'm shopping, talking to him. I'm on the toilet, talking to him. That's where I get some of my best revelation on the toilet. You know, <laughs> I don't know what it is about God in my bathroom, but that's where I've got some of the most best revelation. I've even gotten deliverance sitting on the toilet, to believe it or not. Tell you the truth, God is true. You know what I'm saying? So when you spend all this kind of time with God and you stay in his word and you sleep, eat, and drink God, he's like on your mind 24-7. Even when you're sitting in front of the computer or watching TV. I mean, I do this. I'm sitting. I'm watching, you know, a Christian movie or I'm watching house hunters, house builders, and, you know, something happened 
It's funny. I'll laugh and I'll be like, wow, daddy, that was so funny. You know, I'm talking to him like he's sitting right here in my mind. And even sometimes I'll laugh. I'll say it. I'm like, oops, okay. <laughs> he's not physically here, but he's spiritually here. You know, and I'll be talking to him. And then sometimes I see people do crazy things on the news. And in my mind, I'll be like, God, why did that person do that? And he will sometimes answer me. And then he'll tell me, pray for the person or pray for people like that. You know, I mean, it's just there. And then I can, you know, see things about a homeless person, about children, and a tear coming to my eye. And he tells me, you are feeling what I feel. I'm allowing you to feel some of my pain. That's how entrenched I am in God. And that's how we all should be, 24-7. People, I be hanging with Pat. I be out somewhere. You know, and she could be talking to me or somebody could be talking to me and I'm still be talking to God and listening to them at the same time. Or sometimes when me and Pat rolling, she know I like to fall asleep in the car after a couple of hours, especially after we don't have something to eat, right? <laughs> she be thinking I'm sitting there sleeping, but I'm talking to God. I'm talking to God. Or having flat I, it's so many times I fell asleep in the car when she driving and, and, and had visions. And she'd be amazed. She'd be like, Dad, you was only sleep 10 minutes. And I have visions, and I'll tell her what it is. Or she'll tell me, you was talking to me in sleep. And I'll be like, that's right, because I was either talking to God or I was talking for the dream. <laughs> and she gets amazed. Because that's how interested I am with God. And that's how we all should be. We all should be that way. There's no excuse. No job, kids, none of that. It should not be keeping you from the Lord in this way because let me tell you something. God will not give you children. God will not give you a husband. God will not give you a job if he didn't think that you wouldn't have time for him. He wouldn't do that. So obviously having a job, children, husband, wife, whatever it is, business, school, whatever it is, you have no excuse. You have no excuse. You have none. Now, um, meditation in the word of God is it erases when you meditate on the word of God, right? And you learn the word of God and you eat the word of God for your spirit and your soul. It um, erases karmatic impressions on the soul and can nullify the effects of the sanctuary karma. Why do you think Satan fights and makes people believe that the Bible is a fairy tale? And why do you think he has tried to jack it up as much as he has? And why do you think there's over two, three hundred versions of King James Bible? You know, and they keep changing, changing, changing. And the word keeps decreasing and decreasing. Then you got all these different Bibles, woman Bible, man Bible, all these different Bibles. And they're all saying different stuff. Half of them leaving this out. Half of them not leaving this out. Changing this, changing that. You know, how can anyone concentrate on the word of God when you have so much of this deception and discrepancy and so many different um, shellacks of it? So many imprints of it, you know? I mean, like... My, it was a family member of mine could make shellac wood. And every time they would make the shellac wood, it would have a different color or a different design in it because of the wood and because of how you shellac it. So they're shellacking the Bibles. Every time they change it, it's new. It's a new design. It's a new word. They don't change the word. They don't took something out. They don't did this. They don't add this. So how can you really meditate on the word of God? You have to have spiritual eyes to look through it to see and find what it really is of God. And this is why the devil is made that way. Because he know when and people, they're like, okay, read the Bible, person, I fall asleep. Well, keep on falling asleep then. You're going to keep on coming back. Don't keep on coming back. 
Somebody told me, every time I read the Bible, I go to sleep. Why don't you fight behind up that doggone demon that's trying to make you go to sleep? Because every time you read the word, and not just read it, but you have to comprehend it. You have to understand it. It erases the karmatic impressions on your soul and can nullify the effects of this uh, sanchita karma. I bet you guys will start reading the word more often, won't you? <laughs> now, the next one is the um, agami, a G-A-M-I, A-G-A-M-I, karma. It's the karma which we create in this current lifetime we're in as new karma. Like I told you earlier, you create new karma here. So as new karma is created, some of it becomes the, the sanctuary karma that I just told y'all. And some of it becomes the, I'll spell it, P-R-A-R-A-P-D-H-A, karma. The first one we talked about, which is the subset of the newly created karma may be experienced in this lifetime as the parbaka karma or alternatively the karma which cannot be experienced in the present may be added to the sancha karma which is the second karma i told you about account to be experienced in another life wow mm. now how do you control and prevent this agami karma because if you get this agami a-g-a-m-i karma You'll be set all the way back to the first karma. And then you'll go to the second karma. And then you'll have to be reincarnated all over again. Now, while we are alive, it is essential to perform actions. There's no way around it. And actions do have consequences. Generally, the person doing the action, the doer, occurs the karma of his or her actions. But if you perform every action with the intention and discipline mindset that you are not the doer and instead the supreme universal conscience of God, Yahweh, and that you are his doer, and if you offer the actions, the consequences to the divine or your higher self in God, you do not acquire that karma. This is the way to be in God consciousness at all times, despite being in the midst of worldly action. So like some of the things I just told you that I do with, with the Lord, that's godly consciousness. You, I mean, you everywhere, you talk about God, everywhere. I be with people, especially my, my role, my role sister Pat. You know, we always talk about God. We sleep, eat, and drink God when we together. I'm serious. We do. She can tell you, um, I don't know if she here or not. She, she, I think she got work tomorrow, so she might be asleep. I don't know. Um, sending the recording. But, um. She can tell you places we go to a lot of places. We really be rolling because <laughs> I have something to do. And she has something to do. And when we go places or we go to eat, she tell you how I talk to people. Now she's very quiet when we're out, but when it's me and her, she's she's a talker. But uh, when we're out, she says to me all the time. She says, "I love to watch how you are with people. I love it." I, the way I am with people is like they knew, they know me all their life. They want to hug me. We just went to eat the other day and the, the little lady, she's about 4'11". She said, can I get a hug before you go? <laughs> and she kept coming and talking and playing with me. And Pat was like, she, y'all is too much. Well, he didn't know each other, never met each other. And Pat always says, I love how you are with people. That's my consciousness in God at all times because he has taught me how to treat people the way he would treat them. He has taught me how to love people the way he loves them without even knowing them. That's God consciousness at all times. Sometimes, you know, we be out, we eat, 
and we get a lousy waitress, I'll be like, Pat, I because if, if it be my turn to leave a tip, if Pat's turn to pay, I'm like, Pat, I'm going to leave no tip. She was like, I hear you, girl. <laughs> but then Pat will leave a tip. And I'm like, why you do that? Oh, no. I know why she did it. Love conscious of God. And then sometimes I'll sit there and I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to leave a penny. I'm going to let them know. Their service was terrible. And then she'll just be like, okay. Then, before we get ready to leave, I'm like, you know what? I'll leave my dollar two or three because, you know, even though they, they suck, <laughs> they still served me. You get it? Although their service was terrible. They still served me. And their service could have been terrible because they had five and ten tables they couldn't handle. And your table just lacked. You see where the God consciousness comes in? You see where the universal love comes in? And you see where the God consciousness and universal love comes in? My sister Pat, she didn't agree with me. She just be like, okay, all right. And she, she don't fuss. She don't be like, well, you know, Apostle, you really should check yourself. She don't say nothing. She let God do it. That's consciousness of love coming out of her. And a couple of times she'll be like, I'll, I'll confess something to her. And she'll be like, well, you know, Apostle, I, 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 I felt that way. I was going to tell you. Then I'd be like wanting to beat her up. <laughs> Why you didn't tell me that? Oh, well, I figured daddy was going to deal with you. <laughs> and he do. And that's still her conscious love. So that's what it is of being in conscious of God at all times. Being who God would want you to be. At all times, not getting angry, not getting mad, not being bougie, stuck up, and recognize, although you got bad service, you still got service. And you don't know why that person gave you bad service. They could have had a bad day, got too many people. Whatever the case is, we have to walk in love. You know, now somebody acting crazy, then we start putting God on them. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you detach yourself from the results of your actions, when you do not consider yourself as the doer and instead treat yourself as the instrument of the supreme divine of God, which is acting through you and in you, your father God, when you have the consciousness and everything that you do, that's the consciousness of God in you, then you are untouched by the karma that is created. See, it can't touch you. If you just stay in the conscience of God at all times, karma, that karma, cannot touch you. It cannot be built in your bank account, your account in the heavens. It cannot, cannot touch you. Only good karma can touch you, not bad karma. Now, our faith predetermines if everything is by the law of karma. Now, everything in your life is following the law of karma. Every action of the past has already created a result in the form of karma, and it is unfolding in your life right now. If the result or consequences has already been predetermined by the causes, does that not mean that your life is predetermined? Is there a rule for self-effort or personal will? It is predetermined, and if experiencing karma is inevitable, then why do anything? If it is karma that shapes our lives, why even bother with self-effort? While it is true that the P-R-A-R-A-B-D-H-A karma has already been set in motion, and there is no escape from experiencing it, 
some effing individuals will play a crucial role in shaping your life. So see, that first karma I taught you about. Didn't I say to you there's no way to escape it? So that means that our lives are predetermined. Although we have our own will, our lives are predetermined in two ways. Either God's will or our will. He's going to see which one you do. And that's going to determine the type of karma you get in your account. And it's going to determine if you have to be reincarnated over and over and over. Some people have so much debt in life, they have to come back twice. One of their lives will be short. So they won't mess up again. And they'll make it back to God. But some people, some people may even have to come back three times, y'all. Three times. Some people might, some of these people walking around could be thousands of years old. Heck, we could be thousands of years old. We don't know. We don't know how we lived. We don't know. And then, and then look, you know, you, 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 you say you're in your forties or your fifties or your sixties, and you just now come into God. Look at all that karma you left in your your teen years, twenties, thirty. 40 years. Look at all that karma, right? You done repented for all your sins. You've been forgiven, right? And um, all ancestral curses, all kinds of stuff you done did, right? But yet, you can't get delivered of a demon. You can't get delivered of whatever sickness you're going through. You can't get delivered of this or whatever. It's because of the chastisement. And it's because of the repayment of the karma. It is better for you to suffer for however long you need to suffer. I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's the God on his truth. It is better for you to suffer for however long you got to suffer on this earth to repay back that karma than to die and have to be reincarnated and come back again. Because you run a risk. Of messing up again and winding up in fire again. Because I'm sure everybody who's lived on this earth some point in time, we all have been in hell. We just can't remember. It's no way that it, I'm, you and you cannot sit there and say, well, apostle, the devil's a liar. I ain't never been in hell. You can't say that because you don't know how many times you have been reincarnated. And I guarantee you, if you've been reincarnated, your chances of being in hell is 95% probable. You just don't remember it. So we've all walked the path of the narrow road, and we all walked the path of the wide road. Just when you walked the narrow road, you didn't make it, but you made it through the wide road. And this is like Satan, like a never-ending cycle, keeps doing these things to make us come back over and over. Witches and warlocks, a lot of them come back, and a lot of them don't come back. You know, it depends on what they did. Some of them, they're, they're, they're just doomed for good because it says that in the Bible. But then some of them, God will let come back because he sees something that we didn't see or whatever the case is, you know. Or maybe their life before, you know, they were a good person, but they just didn't have enough to um, ascend all the way up so he sent them back and then they got caught up again we don't know this is why god said his mercy is reserved for whoever he wanted to reserve it for see we have a highly masterful god masterful god okay he's very masterful he made it where he made a thing called mercy so the devil can never come to him and say well this person deserves my kingdom and not yours God, let me tell you, you could kill 50 people and die and go before God. If he say you skip hell and he going to put you somewhere in the room and restructure and teach you, he can do it. And the devil can't do anything. Why? Because he said, I reserve my mercy for who I want to. Just like when that any long guy died. And, and I told you he's going to die. 
Two years prior to that, I told you guys say he was going to give him a disease that was going to put him on his back and was going to kill him. And he was going to make it that way if he didn't come on his own. Darn if it didn't happen exactly two years later. Do you know how many people was mad at me? Over 12, I had to take that video down. Over 12,000 people hit that video in a week. And you know the meanness that I got from them people saying he was a pedophile. He was this. Okay, yeah, he was all of those things. But what about the goodness that he did? He put people through college. He took people off the street. He did a lot of good, although he did a lot of bad. And obviously, God wanted that man. And I guarantee you he probably came back or will come back and be reincarnated again to pay his debt for all the bad that he did. But who are we to get mad when we find out that somebody made it to wherever God is going to send them and let them skip past hell because of how they ended it in. How about you? You bad all your life. Then you get ready to die. You're on your deathbed. God sends a servant and they save you, you know, for God. The angels come and get you. You may not ascend to the bosom of God, but you ascend to a different realm. You get structured. You get taught again. You can decide if you want to get some new gifts and go to school and get trained. You're dealing with angels. You're dealing with Yah. You know you're going to come back. You get to pick what you want to come back. If you want to come back this way, you come back this way. And sometimes you don't get the pick. God get the pick. You know what I'm saying? How is we to get mad because God decides to extend his mercy? The same mercy that he gave Eddie Long, you better hope he give it to you when it's your time to go. Because you cannot honestly say that when it's your time to go, you'll be straight the way you should be straight to ascend to God. Why? Because you in flesh. I, I was just so appalled at how many people was angry that that man made it up to God. Angry. Angry. Then here comes Kim Clement. I told you Kim Clement was going to be dead too in a year. The man died exactly a year later. And I told you why he would die. Because there would be a battle in heaven. Because he was a new agent. He was not totally a God. And then I got it for that too. Because they're like, oh, he was a true prophet. He might have been a prophet, but he wasn't a God. And the Lord said the man didn't make it. He went to hell. And when he finished, he probably will come back too. Now you see how many people were so mad because this false prophet, because a lot of stuff he said came to pass and a lot he said didn't come to pass. And they were mad at me because I said God said he's not in his bosom. But then they was mad at me because a man who did a lot of good stuff on earth because he was messing with little boys, they didn't want him to make it. You see how backwards the world is? How you know Bishop Eddie, I'm not making excuses for him, but how you know he wasn't raped as a child? A lot of these pedophiles were raped as children themselves. And they never got deliverance or counseling or love. So they grew up that way. A man who abuses his wife, he saw his father do it. And he got abused by the father. Never got deliverance to cast the demon out. So he do it. Little children who are incest, incest other little children, rape other little children. Why? They never got deliverance, never got no help. So see, we cannot continuously condemn somebody for the most heinous things because you don't know what has happened to them to brought them this way. People are not just born out the womb like that. It's hereditary. Or either it happened to them when they was a child and they got no love and no deliverance, no understanding of God. It wasn't brought up on a foundation of God. So they was building negative karma from the get-go straight from the womb inheriting their family's karma many of us inherited our parents karma 
Do you know babies who are born to these witches and born to witchcraft and warlock families, a lot of them wind up in hell because they supersede third, fourth generation witchcraft and they wind up in hell. They can die at 14 and go straight to hell because of the parents. Now, Lord help me. Now, while while it is true that this uh I spell again, <laughs> B-R-A-R-A-B-D-H-A comma has already been set in motion and there is no escape from experiencing it, self-effort and individual will play a cruel and crucial role in shaping our lives. Now, cause and effect are two sides of the same coin. If we look literally, it is easy to understand that the past has resulted in the present and that the present will shape the future. But when we pierce through dimensions of space and time in the paradigms where there is no past, present, and future, where all there is is the now, we can with equal comfort say this. The present has shaped the past. <clears throat> Excuse me. The future will shape the present. Envisioning the future and acting in accordance with the shape of the present. Excuse me, just want to get some water. Are you talking? Oh, you need some water. Okay, now. It is only through awareness and self-effort and surrendering our actions to the divine with personal detachment from the results that we can deal with all three kinds of karma in the most appropriate manner. Now, we can be better prepared to deal with the inevitable karma we are experiencing and are yet to experience by self-effort. We can create distance between the experience and the one experiencing which will reduce its impact with self-effort and discipling, we can stop creating further karma, bad karma, and it is good, and it is with self-effort to, 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 to take us even deeper in the Lord. Okay, so this is the last part that I'm going to stop. Now, there are seven, actually it's like 10 or 14 levels. <laughs> To, to this, but um, I'm only going to teach the, the basic ones that you really need. So now, the karmatic debt karma, which is a level one. Now, this debt level which seem, is seemingly small, has a, a very important function. It serves to remind us of our biggest debts from past lifetimes. And we will bring the lessons learned to those past lifetimes to bear again. They, they are used as memory triggers. Adults will use these karmatic debts to remember the bonds of history they have with others. Now, like, when you come to God after 20, 30, 40 years, you get right with God, right? And you start going to repentance and deliverance, right? And you still can't get rid of them demons. Um, it's either two things. A, there's things in your memory that need to be brought back to you. That's called karmatic, karmatic memory. The karma things that you did on this earth that you don't remember. That the enemy, which is the sin that's attached to it. Or it could be a debt your ancestors did, which caused a curse now. Because the debt causes a reaction. It's just like when you owe somebody money, a debt collector. They're going to keep coming for you till you pay. And if you don't pay, it's going to go on your, your credit. And it's going to stay on there for seven years. Or if you decide the sixth year to promise to pay, you don't pay, it goes another seven years. This is with Satan. You get karma debt, he attaches the demon to it. 
The demon ain't going nowhere until that karma debt has been repented and paid in full. And then you say to yourself, well, I done, I done did this, I done did that. You know, I keep asking God, is there any more sins? And he, he keep telling me no. Then the second reason is God is allowing the demons or the sickness to stay to train you, to mature you, to root you up, to bring you up. Because he's going to use what you're going through to help other people who may not be as strong as you and who wouldn't make it. But because you are strong and you've made it, they'll be able to make it. That's good karma he's bringing in you. He's putting good karma in you. He's putting good karma in your account. But if you keep going, if, if the process, see, it's a process with God, with deliverance. And if you keep self-doubting, have lack of faith, Cry, get depressed, down, call yourself a failure, be disappointed in God, get mad at God. All you're doing is delaying yourself. Whereas you could have been delivered in a year, but here it is five, six years later, you're still not delivered because you've been delayed yourself. And the enemy that ha has had a lot with you delaying yourself with deception and lies and distraction. You're feeling like you're a failure. You're feeling like God didn't really forgive you. You feel like God didn't, don't really love you. You know, um, you feel like God is still punishing you when the word says he's not punishing you. He's chastening you. Chastening and punishment is two different things. You only chasten things that you love. If you don't love them, you won't chasten them. You won't care. This is why our parents used to put us on punishment for a week or two. My mother used to be like, do you want the belt or seven days punishment? I'll take the belt. <laughs> I wasn't taking no seven days of punishment. I mean, she, she would take our record player. You know, she'd take our toys. She take our TV, so we just got to the point where we just went the, the beating it, and it would be like thirty minutes tops, you know. And yeah, we'd be sore for a day or two, but we good, <laughs> you know. Um, so that's just how that's just how it is with debts. You have to repay the debt. You think just because you was forgiven, and the blood covered your sin, you're forgiven, and now the blood will atone for you. The blood will cover you, but the karmic debt you have to repay. Why? Because when Yah got up on the cross, He took all our karmic debt with Him, so we had no excuse to go back in it. So now that we have, we are responsible, and we have to clear that debt. See, the blood will cover you the whole time you're on the earth to clear the debt. It will prevent the enemy from trying to kill you and take you off the earth. So what the enemy will do is he'll get smart. Okay, I can't kill him, but I'm gonna give him some more debt. I'm going to give them some more karma debt because the more karma debt I give them, the longer they stay in bondage to me. The more I make them feel like they're a failure, the more I make them their, fat, their faith lack, the more I make them doubt God, the more karma I can put in their account and keep them in bondage. Whereas they could have been out in a year, but they've been in seven years. Because of the distraction, the deceptions, sending people in your life you think is your friend, but they really witches and devils. You open the door. And when you open the door to other people who carry a lot of debt of the enemy, you also become a partaker of their debt. When you marry somebody that's in full-throne debt, 100000 debt, you got an 800-score credit, they got 500 credit. You marry them, that takes your credit down. Because your credit becomes one with your husband or with your wife. Their debt becomes your debt. When you file taxes and they owe Uncle Sam, you're not getting your part of the taxes back because you married them. This is why you got to be careful who you marry. And not only do you take on physical debt, you take on spiritual debt. If they have ancestral karma that needs to be paid back, never repent it. You marry him, you sleep with him or her, you just took the debt on too. So you're responsible as well. So if you die before you pay off your debt and his debt, you're coming back as well. Matter of fact, both of you are going to come back.
So this is why women and men need to be careful who they marry. Who they marry. And then you divorce the person. You have no idea that all the karmic debt you took from them in the marriage is counted towards you in the spiritual realm. You haven't divorced their karmic debt. All you did was divorce them in the physical. You didn't break soul ties. You didn't break covenants. You didn't denounce the marriage. You didn't repent to God for marrying the wrong person. And you didn't denounce the covenant karma debt that you took on when you married them. You never denounced it. You never repented. Say with me right now, Father God, please forgive me if you were ever married before, ever engaged. Because when you get engaged, that's like being married. So or, or if you ever live with somebody and you share bills with them, you file taxes with them, say, Father God, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, please forgive me for taking on karma debt of a man or of a woman how many other times I did it. Because I did not know this, Father God. And I ask you to please forgive me, Father, and put this under the blood of Yeshua Mashiach, and I break covenants and soul ties, known and unknown, initiation, doctoration, dedication, oaths, pacts, oneness covenant, naked covenants, um, spiritual exchanges, um, spiritual transfers, spiritual connections, spiritual contracts and agreements with any karma debt that I should not have taken on. And please forgive me for not talking to you and obeying you because this is why I'm in the trouble I'm in today. And put this under the bloody Yeshua. So I break all these things with the bloody Yeshua. This person or person's karma is no longer weighted in with my karma. It is setting me free in Yeshua's name. Seal with the bloody Yeshua. Under the bloody Yeshua. And I denounce all karma that I've ever taken that does not belong to me. And I ask you to forgive me for any karma that I've given to anybody else that did not belong to them. And I ask you to remove it from them, Father, and put it under the blood of Yeshua HaMashiach, King Jesus Christ of Nazareth, sealed in the bloody Yeshua and sealed in the seal of you, Father, Adonai Elohim, in Yeshua's name. This is why people can't get delivered. You know, we, we learned the right way. It is sins. And it is ancestral curses. But we don't know about the karma because we think it's pagan. Or we think it's witchcraft. And that's exactly what the devil wants. And you sit up in church every week. And you leave the same way. You just leave with a new bandage. The wounds are still there. The debts are still there physically and spiritually. The pain, the hurt is still there. You just sleep with a new bandage. And you live like this all your life and you die thinking you're going to heaven and you don't go there. And then when you come out from wherever you're coming out from, you got to be restructured and retort and brought back again. That's a hurting thing. To know that you lived all these years and you did nothing to pay back your karma. You did nothing to balance the scale and to wind up in hell. And have to be restructured and retort again and brought back and live in this life again and put up with Satan in them. That's a hurting thing. I hurt just thinking about it. Jeez. Now, um, these deaths are very simple and are often exchanged or balanced the same day at the child level. It might be a sock in the arm. You hit me, I hit you back. Again, this will serve to remind the fragment. Oh, no, if I do something, I could get something back. <laughs> How many of you have experienced that? I have. I put used to put out bad stuff, and I would get it smacked right back. Right back. 
must be aware, whatever we put out into the universe, it's going to boomerang right back. So if you want good to come back, you better put out good. If you want money to constantly come to you, you better put out money. You better sow. You better help the needy, help the sick, help your family members, you know, but, you know, pray and ask God, you know, make sure you do do so in the right places. That's how you get money. The only way you're going to keep your pockets full with money, keep your bills paid, not want for nothing, not be hungry. And even your, your, your sinful children and husband will fall right under that umbrella of anointing because of you. And it will get them time to get right. But if you don't want to sow, you don't want to help the needy, you don't want to help, you don't want to do something like that, you will never keep money. As soon as you get it, it will leave you. You'll just be living a mundane life. You'll never have, you'll, you'll, you'll always be struggling check to check. Check to check. Your account always has zero in it. Every time you get money, you won't even know what you did with it. Every time you turn around, your food is, your refrigerator is low. Your cup is getting empty. And you're like, I'm so tired of living like this. I hear people say it all the time. I'm so tired of living check to check. Just one check, I could be homeless. Okay, if you know you live in check to check, and just one check, you could be homeless. You should be rebuking that and canceling and getting on your knees or speaking to somebody that's a God to figure out where you went wrong, where the problem is. And I can instantaneously tell you, you need to tithe. You need to sow. You need to give. You need to help. You need to feed the needy. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I guarantee you, you will have more than enough. You will be able to help people off of what God is giving you. And you'll be like, Dad, how can I even help people off of what God's giving me? And then before you know it, he'll start graduating you, your, your, your apartments or your house or whatever. You get better and better and better. And eventually you get your own, your car, get better and better and better. And eventually you'll get to the point where the car is paid off. People will start giving you stuff, giving you a car, giving you a place to live, giving you this, giving you that. Why? Because you became a karma giver. It is a such thing as a karma giver. If you are a karma giver, that means you're giving out good karma. So good karma is going to come back. If you are a stingy karma person, then you're going to get stingy karma coming back. If you want to continuously steal from God, then karma is going to continuously steal from you. And Satan is attached to that. And this is this is not being taught. And see, what's making it worse is you see these rich, fat pastors who are satanic pastors working for Satan. But you think they're working for God, but they're really working for Satan. And they're milking everybody and they're taking everybody's financial karma. They're taking everybody's financial prosperity because you're giving them your money. And you don't know that they're putting snakes in you. You don't know that they're charming you. And then you keep giving them money, 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 and nothing happens for you. Maybe out of 10,000 people, maybe two, three hundred are getting blessed because, see, this is how the trick of the enemy is. See, Satan, I taught you Satan will bless. Satan has to allow some people to be blessed in order to keep the, the sham going. Because, see, you got 10,000 people in, in a church or whatever, and you constantly telling them to sow, and it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and it ain't nobody getting it. Somebody going to be scratching their hands and, and they, they head in their butt in a minute like, yo, what's going on? But if you see a handful, a small remnant, a couple of hundred, psychologically people are going to be like okay if it's happening to them it's going to eventually happen to me they use psychology on you Satan is one of the biggest psychologists ever known 
So this is why he will allow a couple of hundred, five hundred, maybe a thousand out of ten thousand, constantly be blessed. Because the eight and nine thousand that sin is are on the hope and, and the excitation of, okay, it's going to come to me eventually. If I keep giving, my house is in foreclosure, but if I keep giving, I'm about to get eviction. But I, if I keep giving, my kids need to school fees. But if I keep giving, I ain't got no food in my house, but if I write this poster in a check, I'm going to get it. No, you're not. Because first of all, posting a check is illegal. Second of all, God ain't going to have you pay your mortgage and your rent put you out on the street. That's your greed. So you're going to get what you get. You're going to get the greed. You're going to get the karma of greed. What is the karma of greed? It will allow you to get, but it will take it right from you the moment you get it. And it will even take more than what you first allowed it to take. When you abuse people, you get the karma of abuse. You mistreat people, you get the karma of mistreatment. When you hate people, you get the karma of hate. When you love, you get the karma of love. And so on and so on. And these are the things that need to be taught in the church. The church would be so much better. People would be so much more delivered. People would be would get along so much better. The world would be so much better. And the church of God would have a chance to rule like we're supposed to rule. You would have all this fashionism and liberalness and nationalists and all this stuff. And our own president said he was a nationalist. I looked at what a nationalist is. It doesn't mean that it's a, a, a racist person. It just means it's like a sect. Like they believe in a certain way. And that's the only way they're going to believe. So it's not good to be a nationalist. Because if you're a nationalist, you only believe in one certain way. There's no room for creativity. There's no room for you to, to learn to be able to change your mind. And this is the world that we're living in today. And as long as this world is like that, they're just going to keep on building all of this negative bad karma. And so many people are going to have to keep coming back. Now, adults do their own little sophistication on this level. Um, but they are really the same basic type of debt. You hug me, I hug you back. <laughs> you give me a glass of wine, I say nice things about your house. <laughs> I had to put that in there. Because you because when you get people wine, they get drunk. And they will say some, some of the nicest things. Don't even mean what they say. Don't even remember the next day they said it. <laughs> now, level two of karma debt. The first example is that of like we know Yeshua was a carpenter, right? So carpenters use hammers, right? They need a hammer to work. A carpenter is a builder, but they need a hammer, you know? And they don't have a hammer or their hammer break. And they go and borrow a hammer, but they never return it. So if you go and you say to somebody, Can I loan 50 bucks from you? Instead of saying, can you give me, because if you go and say, can you give me 50 bucks, you tell the person, I want you to give it to me, and I have no intention of paying it back, which is fine if that's what you want to do. But when you go to the person and you say, can you give me 50, can you loan me 50 bucks, right? And I'm going to give it back to you next Friday, right? And next Friday come, you don't give it back. And the person come looking for the money, and you give them an excuse. And it gets to the point where they get tired of your excuses and they give up and they just write that money off, right? But it's not written off in your karma account. <laughs> as a matter of fact, as long as you owe them that $50, it increases. If you put $50 in the bank, you're going to earn interest, right? When you tell people, many people do it to me all the time. Oh, Pastor, I'm, I'm going to sew. 
On passe, on go buy your book. On passe, on do this, on do that. I'll be like, okay. And they never, ever do it. Then they come back a month or two later. Oh, Apostle, I ain't forget you. I'm going to do it. And I'm saying to myself, they just don't know what they're doing. They just don't know. What they should be saying to me is, Apostle, I promise to do this and do that, but I have not been able to do it. So I just want to apologize and tell you I, I can't do it. But when I can do it, I will do it. And then repent to God. But no, they keep lying. So what are they doing? They're building bad karma. And the longer they go like that without repenting and apologizing to God or me, the worse it's going to get for them. I've seen people that promised to do things for me and didn't do it, and they lose stuff because they didn't keep their word to me. Now, did it happen because they didn't keep my word, their word to me? No, it happened because when you make a promise or a vow, like it says in Ezekiel, you must keep it. If you don't, it is a sin. It can build bad karma. And it can open the door for the enemy. And you can lose. Like you promised to give somebody $100 in time. And you don't do it. And, and let's say 10 weeks went by. 20 weeks went by. You never did it. Do you know you could turn around and lose $2,000 at a drop of a hat because of that $100 you made a vow for. But you did not repent for it like it says in Ezekiel. And people just be playing with God. And he has all of this stuff in the Bible. This is why I don't promise people stuff no more. I be like, you know what? I, 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 I want to do it. And, and I have every intention of doing it. But if for some reason I cannot do it, I need you to understand. And there's been a few times I promised to come back on YouTube, uh, Periscope, whatever. You know, and I, be, and I get so busy, y'all. I forget. I do. I'm like, and then God bring it to me like the next day. I'm like, oh man, Lord, I'm sorry I made that promise and I made that vow to them and I didn't do it. Please forgive me, Father. Please don't let anything be building up in my account. I, please forgive me. I'm sorry. And then I'll turn right around and come on to make up for the vow that I didn't keep. Although I repented, I don't want no karma to be built up. So I'll come right back. This is why now I'll tell you I'll come on between, like I told you earlier, I'll be on between next Tuesday and Thursday because I'm not sure which day I'm going to be. But I know I'm going to be there. Or sometimes I'll just say, see you next week. Or sometimes I'll just say, I'll see you when I see you because I'm trying to, to, to stay right and not build nothing on myself that I don't need. Right? So when you borrow things from people, you must give it back. When you make a vow or promise to do something, you must do it. If you can't do it, you must confess and say you can't do it, apologize, and repent. Else you're going to build up a lot of bad karma. A lot of bad karma. You make promises to your children, you must keep them. If you can't, explain to them why, apologize, and repent. Husbands and wives do the same thing. Best friends, business partner, whatever the case may be. Because this is karma that's catching up to you. Now, this level is... More of a some more of a level since karma karma are bad by their nature somewhat subjective. It is judgment call about what is important to the person. This that level is about a break in trust. Now, if someone breaks trust with you at this level, especially repeatedly saying by borrowing and then not returning a book, it's even with books, it's with clothes, shoes. You know, or borrowing and then breaking, you know, it over and over again, promising you're going to get it back or do this or do that and never do it. 
you will probably drop them to a lower level on your circle of acceptance. Meaning you won't deal with them no more because you already see what kind of person they are. And you, in your mind, you're like, okay, if they really care for me, you know, they would have gave me my money back or apologize and said, I can't give it back. How many of you know it's better to just say, look, I can't give it back. I'm sorry. And I have no idea when I can give it back. That person still may not want to be bothered with you. And you will never get another dime out of them again. But at least you confessed it. And that's stuff out of your karma account. But no, the devil sends shame and embarrassment. You People get shame and embarrassed because they know they owe a person. And they get shame and embarrassed. And they never apologize to them because they're shame and embarrassed. And Satan lets that karma keep growing, growing, growing. You see how he just, just out, he just duped people. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so now, um, okay, so being stood up for a date is one of the more noticeable breaks at this level. And that virtually, everyone has had this happen at one point of time, you were stood up. I mean, I was never stood up. I'm being honest with you. <laughs> Any guy that couldn't take me out, he always called and let me know because he knew if he didn't, he would never see me again. So I, I, it's never really happened to me. But um, if it has happened to you, it's life. But anyway, <laughs> these deaths occur with and around pets, children, relationships, good friends, dating, marriage, engagement, courting. If someone has a prize, Let's say um, car. There is an inherent emotional attachment to this car. Usually because there's identification with that object or it is a meaningful or impactful in the person's life. So if this item is stolen or broken or somehow is a, a righteousness with the person who has it is corrupt, then the thief or the abuser has incurred a level three karmatic debt with the owner. So... If you are attached to some, okay, we're going to use a husband because many women have this issue. Men do too, but women have it more. A woman comes to snatch your husband away, right? You you have a great identification with your husband, right? You have a great emotional attachment with your husband, a meaningful impact with your husband. And then somebody comes to steal him from you. They owe you. They, they are indebted to you. They are indebted to you. And if they die that way without repentance, they'll go to wherever they're going to go. Then after that, go to wherever they're going to go. They're going to be sent back, and the same thing going to happen to them while they're paying back their karma. Mm -hmm. If your husband leave you for the woman, he's indebted to you. If he dies that way, he's going to go where he's going to go. Then after that, he's going to go where he's going to go. And he's going to come back. And it's going to be done to him why he's repaying the karma that he owes you. Now, burglary can be uh, creating a uh, paying back a debt at this level. Some people houses get burglarized. Some people get robbed. You know, um, you could have stolen money from somebody your parent, a friend, or whatever, right? And then you turn around and get held up in a robbery. That's your karma. You see people, houses getting robbed, and you don't understand why. You'll be like, oh, they Christians, oh, they nice. Nah, it's karma somewhere, baby. <laughs> it's either in this life or past life. 
bad things. And then somebody just asked me two weeks ago, why do bad things happen to good people? And I said to them, it could be family curses or it could be something old from from past tense. And they didn't really get what I was saying. And I didn't want to get into the reincarnation because this person never heard of that. And, and, and I'm learning with God how to not overload people. Some people don't can't comprehend some of the things that I know. So you got to meet them where they're at. So you just have to give them a little bit. And sometimes they can't even comprehend that. You know, because sometimes you could give a person too much and you could run them from God because of fearfulness of never hearing this stuff before. You know, so good thing. I mean, bad things. Happen, you, you really can't say bad things happen to good people. What you can say is bad karma happens to good people, because obviously that person somewhere in their life now or in the past lives did the exact same thing. That is happening to them. As a man soweth, so shall a man reap. Women who get raped, it happens because of ancestral lineage. Someone in the family was a rapist. And he has come back and hit that fourth generation or that fifth or second generation. And that woman or man is innocent. But because their ancestors did it and died that way and left that karma unrepaid and no one has been risen up to repent, it's going to happen in the family again until somebody is risen up. You got people in the family, nobody never get married. Okay, that's a marriage curse, but where did it come from? Somebody in that lineage either gave those generations away to the enemy with one of the laws saying no one could be married, or many was married in the lineage before and weren't good marriage partners and left that kind of karma behind. And so their generations are suffering it. And the only way they'll be able to get married is if one of them or all of them decide to come to God and get deliverance and repent for their ancestors. And some people are like, I'm repenting for my ancestors. I'm still suffering. And I'm like, you have to repent for the karma. Karma never heard of that. That's pagan. <laughs> okay. You want to think that way? Then you stay the way you are. I gave you the tools and the key. What more do you want me to do? You believe or not? If you don't believe, go to God and ask him. All right, so we're going to end this part here, and we're going to finish off. How many pages I got? One, wait, I'll make sure I put where I stopped at, so I can't remember. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12 pages, so I can squeeze um, these 12 pages in, and then tomorrow I can teach y'all part of this teaching. I don't know if I'll be able to do it all, because on the third day, I'm going to have to pre pre teach y'all about Daniels, unless we'll have a vote tomorrow, all right? <laughs> After I finish this teaching and do part of the teaching, I'm going to ask y'all, do y'all want me to finish the other teaching Sunday or do you want half of the damn teaching 
Or do you want to wait till I do another class and put the daily teaching in? Because it's a lot. It's really a lot. All right. <clears throat> so you can take your phones off of mute. Um, if anybody have any questions before we um, end, end the call. Hello? You guys can take your phone off of mute. Hello? Okay, does anybody have any questions before we, we end the call? What about the illegitimate children? Of course it is. If you have children out of wedlock or your husband or, or your wife, <laughs> the wife um, went out and had a baby and she, you know, was married, that child was made in sin. That's karma. So you would have to repent, you know, if, if you did it or your husband did it, you know, you would have to repent, whoever did it, you would have to repent, you know, for going outside of the marriage or if you fornicated while not married, you would have to repent for that and um, ask God to forgive you and break the covenant soul tie with the spirit of illegitimate and fornication and sin and ask God to put it under the blood of Yeshua, then you ask God to take the illegitimate child into his bosom and wings and clean the child with the blood of Yeshua Mashiach and break off any curses or karma that could come on the child or come against come against you or, or whoever did it and repent for that, put it under the blood and ask God to wash the lineage in the child and the lineage in you and then the lineage in your spouse, whoever did it, and clean you with the blood of Yeshua Mashiach. And then it'll clear out the, the karmatic, uh, karma that you got into your account and you'll have like a clean slate and you'll be able to start over again. Now, there may be a little chastisement behind that because it's in the Bible, but at least, you know, you'll clean that part of the karma out. You're welcome. <laughs> Any more um, questions? Yes. Well, yeah, I understand where you said. Can you speak closer to the phone? <laughs> okay. Okay, when you sin, that's we know sin is bad. We know that. That's in the Bible. So when you sin, you 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 need to repent as quick as you can. You know, some people don't because they don't realize it's a sin. But the moment you become accountable and you realize it's a sin, you have to repent and ask God to put on the blood. You even have to break covenants and soul ties with the spirit of sin or whatever demon was attached to that sin with the blood of Yeshua. And then you go and you pray and you say, God, if I created any type of bad karma or put any bad karma in my account, then I repent for that. And I ask you to wash it out of my account with the blood of Yeshua or show me if there's anything else I need to repent about or who I need to apologize to or whatever the case is so that I can clear this karma out while I'm alive because I don't want to die with it. In Yeshua's name. You're welcome. Um, any other question? Everybody good? Going once, going twice? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So did um 
Can I get y'all opinions? Because, I mean, this is the first time I ever really taught something like this. Was this very um, beneficial for you? Is, is it? Did it help you? <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Yeah, I told I told you, you know, um, when I was on the, the videos YouTube that it was gonna kind of change your life a little, cause uh, when we when we learn new stuff and we you know learn new wisdom of God, you know, we comprehend it. It of course is gonna shift your your mind, and when your mind is shift, your life is shift, personality, your spirit, your emotions, your soul, and your heart makes you a new person, a better person, and you see life in a different way. You also see God in a different way, and you also learn to treat yourself even better and more conscious of yourself, and you become more God-conscious, and then um, it also helps you with universal love to others. It helps you to temp taper down your temper and uh, to uh, re-evaluate your attitude and uh, make you a better person because the whole purpose of God the sole purpose of God is to make us like him because he says we're in the image of him. And people be teaching all the time, you know, we can't be like God. No, we're not God and we can never be God, but we can be like him. We can have his same powers, do the same thing he do, but in a lesser form because we're his little children, his little G's, you know, his little Elohim's. So we could do the same thing, but in a lesser form because we're not God, but we're of God and we are of his image. And that's what he's trying to get us to be before we make it in the image of him. Like he says in the Bible. And that takes a lot of work. <laughs> a lot of work. Coming back over and over and over again. It's like he's perfecting us. Like it says in the Bible. He has to perfect us. And if we have to keep coming back here until we get perfected, fine. And, and, and half the church and people in the church don't have any clue of anything that I even teach. And they would look at me like I'm from Mars. You know, but yet they keep coming back. They have miserable lives. But they don't want to believe the truth. You know, they want to stay in darkness. Somebody told me today... Um, Apostle, I share your videos all the time, but not many people um, listen to them on my Facebook because people don't want to come out of darkness. And having non-belief of something or not getting on your knees praying to God if something is true, you know, that's karma too. Because here God is trying to teach you some truth, trying to tell you that this is not of the devil. It's of me and the devil took it <laughs> to keep you in bondage. They're not going to see it that way. They're just going to see how the devil taught them. So they have distraction, deceptions, and blinders. And so what can God do? If he give you the truth, he give you the knowledge, you don't want to take it, you die, you're going to go where you go. When you finish, he's going to put you back in school, restructure you, and you got to come back and do it again. And the moment a person dies, instantaneously once they die, and they come out of this body, and they go into the afterlife, they instantly see all the mistakes they made, all their lives come back to them, every last past life they ever had, and they cry. That's why God said that many will grieve, grieve when they die. All right, so I'm about to go. <laughs> what? I told y'all about the ghost. Somebody said, they didn't, y'all said, they ain't no problem. Who is this? Is this Trey again? Troy, you always do this. <laughs> what? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, it really threw St. Cain Eve, then Adam. But, you know, they blame it on Adam because he was the man. 
And he's supposed to know better. You know, he's the first one. God, you know, walked through the garden with him and everything. So that's why they blame it on him, because he should have known better. Oh, you mean was Yeshua Adam? You know, um, I asked God that too. And he never really answered me, but like he put in my spirit that Yah was Adam because I kept asking God, why do they call Yeshua the second Adam? And then they call him the son of Adam. I'm like, which one is it? <laughs> and so the Lord would never answer me. So then he put in my spirit and I figured it out. I said, I said, Yah. Had to have been Adam. I don't know who Chi Wu was, Eve, but whoever she was, she was re, re, re reincarnated again. She could have been Mary. You never know, right? And because we we pay all different parts when coming. So in my spirit, I realized that um, Yah was Adam, right? And the reason why he's called the son of Adam because he came through the lineage of Jess which is 14 generations going back to Adam. So that makes him the son of Adam as well. So it, it's like, it's like, huh? But he was Adam. Then 14 generations later, he comes again through the lineage of Jess, which, um, which was, uh, what was it? Uh, Boaz's father, grandfather, right? And then it leads all the way back to Adam's blood. So that makes him the son of Adam as well. You get it? That's why, because it was, it's like, to me, it was, it was condescending, you know, contradicting, like, how can he be the, the how could he have been Adam, and then the son, and then the, the Lord, like, sometimes he doesn't answer me directly, sometimes he just drops stuff in my spirit and let me figure it out, and then when I figure it out, he's very quiet, that's how I know that I hit, hit a point there, <laughs> so I figured it out, you know, just like when, two years ago, when I taught you, taught you guys King David, it was really Yah. And then in the secret book of life, he, Yah tells you he's been here a thousand times. He tells you in the book of secret, the, uh, the book I sent you, that third testament Bible. He says, I've been here a thousand times. I forget where it is in there, but it's in there. So he's already telling us he done been here a lot of times. A lot of times. He was Mezadak because Mezadak was a high priest. Isn't Yeshua a high priest? Okay. Get it. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Troy? <laughs> All right. Tell your mom and grandma and everybody say hello and God bless. <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, we'll talk tomorrow, uh, 730 um, to uh, 930, you know, ish, like, you know. And if you're not going to be uh, at the course tomorrow, make sure you email me uh, Sunday and um, I will send you the link. Okay. All right, so everybody have a great night. Enjoy your Sabbath, and uh, we will talk tomorrow night. Love you guys. Shalom. <laughs>